We find people that basically can't make enough uh, to, to, to eat before they go into the fields. I don't believe that. I think that you're looking at other places that are not Central Romana. People actually who focus on and go like getting an orgasm never get one. Pull up your socks and figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> Any chance we'll ever get to be a completely red Oh, yeah. And for the future, it's always uncertain. Whatever but more uncertain now. Uh, listen, Blue Ivy is six years old. Beyonce's baby. She tried to outbid me on a painting. Everybody in Atlanta right now at the Louis Vuitton store, if you black, don't go to Louis Vuitton today. In fun. That's why Four, you need to take a three, meeting with Kanye two. West, Bernard Arnault. Welcome back to Grub Stakers, the podcast about billionaires. My name is Sean P. McCarthy, and I'm joined today by all of my co-hosts. Steve Jeffries. Andy Palmer. Yogi Pollywool. And so this week we have an update for you. We have an update on some of the billionaires that we have covered in previous episodes, mm -hmm. including uh, Jeff Bezos, Carl Icahn, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Michael Bloomberg, and Warren Buffett. Uh, and that update is we have to issue a, a correction to those mm -hmm. older episodes we recorded, a, uh, a correction to our previous reporting uh, on how much tax they were actually paying. Uh, see, we quoted them in these previous episodes as paying, you know, ridiculously low tax rates. We right, quoted them right. as paying, you know, 15 percent, 10 percent, 5 percent of wow. their annual income in taxes. Mm -hmm. And and it turns out we were horribly wrong. What? So we just want to uh, start by sincerely apologizing for our error uh, directly to you, the listener, as well as to the billionaires themselves. Uh, we're John sorry. We'll be drawn and quartered. We're, <laughs> we just want to say we are so sorry for severely overestimating how much in taxes those billionaires actually pay. That's right. Uh, because the actual number is closer to 0.01%. Uh, and we know that now because of new bombshell reporting by ProPublica, uh, Jesse Isinger, uh, Jeff Ernst Hans, and Paul Keel at ProPublica uh, released an article entitled The Secret IRS Files, Trove of Never-Before-Seen Records Reveal How the Wealthiest Avoid Income Tax. Uh, they say that in 2007, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, paid zero federal income tax <laughs> in 2007. Uh, and, you know, just on and on. So it's just so funny because, like, you remember the uh, the Mitt Romney campaign against Obama in 2012. It was, like, actually a big kind of scandal that he only paid 14%. Right, right. And it's just if the sheeple only knew at the time <laughs> that 14% was actually, you know, 14% more than Jeff Bezos was paying. Um, but so, you know, uh, ProPublica, they, they, it is, it is comforting to know though, that, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is part of the 47% that Mitt Romney <laughs> does not care about. Uh, but yeah, so ProPublica, they got their, uh, they got their hands on a, uh, a stash of IRS internal documents right. that showed, you know, the, uh, the tax rate paid by the 25 richest people in the United States. They, they went through it in this article. Um, so we'll, we'll talk today a bit about the article and uh, some of the revelations within and what this all means, you know, how much these billionaires, these richest people on the planet actually pay in taxes. And uh, to kind of walk us through that, we have our uh, Grubstakers offshore tax correspondent, Andy Palmer, is here to break down the ProPublica article for you, the listener. Uh, minor correction. This is, I am the onshore tax correspondent. <laughs> oh, okay. Because um. <laughs> uh, the beauty of this is that they don't have to offshore um, anything except their uh, corporate profits, uh, which I assume are all in Ireland right now mm -hmm. in uh, um, 
in a box. Yeah, the Grubstaker's offshore correspondent will be joining us via remote from the <laughs> island of Jersey later. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's... Um, so yeah, ProPublica, as Sean said, um, they, re- they received leaked tax info from the IRS um, of many of the richest people. Um, and in this article, they cover uh, the 25 richest people in America, mm-hmm. um, though at times they kind of hint that they may have uh, data on way more people than that. No, oh, really? Right. Um, to balance that out, they should cover the 25 poorest too. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them on blast. <laughs> Got like three people working at 7-Eleven and one guy's an Uber driver. <laughs> they haven't paid federal taxes in 10 years. One of them's an Uber millionaire, but he has like $2 billion in debt. <laughs> right. The, the 25 most middle right. income. He wrote off depreciation for his new car <laughs> that he bought to drive for Uber for $2 an hour. He wrote off 15000 but the real value is only 10000 <laughs> according to Kelly Blue Book. ProPublica has the dirt that the bottom community's been dying to see. There should be, I mean, like, it exists, it's called The Federalist, but there should be an anti-ProPublica, which sure, is just, sure. like, focuses entirely on the mm-hmm. poorest mm-hmm. and weakest <laughs> members of society yeah. for investigative journalism. Con-Publica. Middle, middle class tech, text <laughs> cheats. Yeah, a- Anti-Publica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the middle class one is the New York Post. Right. Look at these union members having a break. <laughs> How dare they? We photographed this MTA official in his car eating a sandwich. <laughs> He wasn't even wearing a mask. <laughs> Anti-publica is like running articles like, look at these migrants making it safely to shore in the Mediterranean. How dare they? They are mocking the god Poseidon. Yeah. ProPublica, for this article, they have like a, um, it's a great article. Everyone should check it out. Mm. But at the top of it, they have this little, uh, I want to say disclaimer, mm. but like, you know, it's, it's uh, as far as I know, it's perfectly legal for, legal for them to publish this. But whoever they got it from, uh, which it's kind of implied that they don't even know, right? But right. maybe they do. Um, you know, they're not. Uh, it would take a lot of legal force for them to be forced to give up their source on this. Hmm. But um, you know, they're technically um, breaking the law, I guess. And like anti-publica would definitely like home in on that. As the, as the billionaires covered in this piece, some of them have. Hmm. Yeah, if you do work for the IRS um, or somewhere else where you have damning tax documents, look into Tails, Signal, Proton Mail, um, and uh, also be prepared to uproot your life and become Edward Snowden's new roommate. Mm-hmm. And if you're the FBI and you're operating like a honeypot encryption app, <laughs> we will advertise it on this podcast for the right price. <laughs> Oh yeah, did you did you see that Anom? Yeah, where it was like a premium <laughs> criminal app, um, and then it just turned out to be run by the FBI uh, with a man in the middle attack, and they just wow. snatched a bunch of people because the open so- source stuff is more secure than the one that they were forking over thousands a month for. I do like that the FBI watches that free boat giveaway episode of The Simpsons and gets smart ideas from it. <laughs> did you guys hear what Mitch McConnell said about this IRS leak? I did. He said, our tax returns are by law confidential because of just this kind of shenanigans. These people ought to, whoever did this, ought to be hunted down and thrown into jail. You know, the weird thing about that sentiment is that these people ought to, whoever did this, 
it's almost like a coy, like, oh, I know who did this, but I don't. These people, uh, I mean, whoever did this thing, I, I don't know, but they should be hunted and thrown in jail. Mm. Biden's press secretary, when asked about it, said, like, basically the same thing. Yeah, I'm not shocked. They they are yeah. they are trying to upheld you shouldn't do illegal things. Even they're if... like they're asked to comment on just the egregiousness mm-hmm. of of the tax shenanigans themselves, which everyone <laughs> wants to know about. And then they're like, it's like it's a travesty that they were able to find this information. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should be calling these shenanigans. <laughs> like, just major tax uh, loopholes and frauds being committed aren't fucking. He stole a candy bar from a Seven Eleven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're legal frauds because of uh, a distinction that um, really is never made in American media mm-hmm. um, between uh, capital and labor. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and it, I mean, what, what's so interesting about this article is that uh, it only really makes sense if you read it kind of from a Marxist perspective. Oh, so like as you're a gay nerd. <laughs> No, no. As a pan geek. You read it as if you were a gay nerd pan and then it, that makes sense. Yeah, you have to push your glasses up while you're sucking cock. <laughs> I, we, I did save that riff. Like, this is how you know. We're, we're back to the good stuff. That's right. That's right. Because I was like, we have to bring that back. And then I started thinking about, like, what if you got, like, David Harvey to go to one of those, like, capitalism versus socialism debates? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you were just like, oh, so, like, socialism, is that when you're a gay nerd? <laughs> is Oh, reading Marx, is that, like, something that you do when you're, like, gay and having sex with men, but you're also a nerd and a loser? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he is used to that. He was a socialist in the 60s. That's true. But was he also <laughs> sucking dick while reading Marx? Um, just like the know, most cool guy he uh, might have. He's, he's a geographer, though. The so most feared debater at Reason Magazine. He's like paid <laughs> half a million a year by the Koch brothers to show up. <laughs> like... You know, debate David Harvey and like Slavov Zizek and stuff and be <laughs> like... Yeah, Slavoj. Right. Yeah. Just be like... Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Hegelian. Uh, what was that? Is that for gay nerds? <laughs> and he's wearing like a, a cardigan and a bow tie. And his hair is like <laughs> very slickly parted. Right, right. Like but a- also completely like a flat on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to read uh, what Hans Hermann Hopp said to, uh, said to Gramsci and the Gramscian method. Uh, this shit is for gay nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Um, uh, Hayek got his Nobel Prize for that observation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I brought a visual representation of the debate. I drew a, a picture of a guy in soy face, Reddit <laughs> soy face, and he's saying, no, you shouldn't sell eight-year-olds into slavery. Uh, here's a photo of Karl Marx, um, and then it's like, it says Marx, and then it's an arrow to the person sucking dick in the damn shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> More like Marx and Gangles. <laughs> Damn, Marx. Okay. It's like, yeah, I tried reading theory, but I couldn't get into it. But then I had some balls in my mouth, and yeah. I really could. Yeah, I brought this picture of a Marxist reading group, and then it's just Lemon Party. <laughs> just a bunch of old guys sucking each other's dicks. Oh, man. My, my sister suggested we do this episode, and I was going to recommend it to her. No, no. Oh, buddy. No, 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 no. Skip the first, I don't know, however long this is. Um, We've only done three hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, 
Go, going to the actually to the thing um, that Mitch McConnell said about how you know these are private citizens, and, and Bloomberg said a similar thing in his statement that we'll get to. Can I just say it's pretty fucked up? Mitch McConnell would say that. You think he would know better, being a hundred and fifty year old tortoise? He's <laughs> <laughs> been around a long time. And also, they didn't say any of this when the iCloud leaks happened. You didn't. That's right. They didn't do nothing about those celebrities that were exposed on the internet, which I will never look at this filth or this ProPublica filth because mm. I myself. Do not participate in illicit, illegal activities. No, yeah. By looking at this, you are doing the moral equivalent of staring at Jeff Bezos' shrively balls. No, you're right. That look a lot like his face. Ladies and gentlemen, this is financial revenge porn. That's right. That's and right. And if you read that ProPublica article, you are engaged in financial revenge you porn. You will go to hell of social more if you choose to look at the ProPublica IRS leak. And this is how we really should frame it for people that are not interested, because mm. otherwise people will continue to just stuff their fat face with carbs <laughs> and not ever look at any of this shit. Mm. Yeah, fortunately, I think people listen to this podcast so that we'll read the article for them. And don't worry, you don't have to read the article. We'll, we're going to read the article. For yeah, them. we're we're we're, we're going to. We we're still gonna, should. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of reading something that's fifteen to. minutes, listen to us talk about it for two to four hours. I mean, you know what the article <laughs> doesn't have? Um, uh, sucking dick jokes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. And if you're if you're troubled by the sound of us reading the uh, the article, just turn up that bass level a little <laughs> bit, and then Andy will come in much more <laughs> pleasant. Yeah, just uh, we're, we're we're working on a, a remove nasal filter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to add more in post. <laughs> yeah, we need to add some. Go back later and turn it up. <laughs> Yogi's voice is too, too clean. It's gravy, baby. That's what I do. Oh yeah. Um. Now I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna intentionally try to make my voice deeper. Uh. No. So uh, about the um. Real quick. What, what are you a Marxist? <laughs> there was one episode where Sean was sick and uh, he, his voice was a bit deeper. And someone in the comments was like, "Damn, did Sean get eight shades of cooler?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I was—I already started laughing because when you started saying that, I thought they were going to say, "Did Sean get AIDS?" <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Once we hit three thousand patrons, though, watch yeah, out, that's, Sean. That's, Commentator, that's... would you like a job debating for Reason Magazine? <laughs> I licked the Wall Street bulls' balls. Right. Yogi did a, a shirtless protest on mm -hmm. Billionaires Row, mm -hmm. and Sean's going to get AIDS. <laughs> it's only fair. Yeah. I will. Give... It'll get funnier as we go up. <laughs> That's that's our ultimate Patreon payoff. Is I will give myself AIDS to prove that billionaires have a cure for AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Elon Musk, you got to help us out. The higher the higher tier ones are just like doing crimes or yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. contracting illnesses. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, well, the, the the idea with giving Sean AIDS is we want to get a jump on Logan Paul because mm -hmm. that's oh, yeah. definitely the direction he's going oh, yeah. for his next stunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's gonna box the AIDS virus. <laughs> So, um, okay, well, so the thing I wanted to say like five minutes ago. Um, was it about how you were a gay nerd? Yeah, it was about how I was a gay nerd. Uh, no, so that thing <laughs> that Mitch McConnell said, the reason that that is complete bullshit mm -hmm. is because these aren't private citizens. These are functionally the people who run our government. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the 25 richest people, or I, I'd say even probably the top 20,000 richest people in America are the people who are running the government. They own everything that we spend most of our time in. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, like it's not, you, you don't live in a government apartment. Most of us don't, uh, at least especially since the sixties when they got rid of those, um, or since the sixties, uh, like we, 
And so, like, uh, the, the... No, Andy, this is a free episode, so some of the listeners do live in government apartments. <laughs> <laughs> save that. Save your elitism for the paywall. Uh, they also... <laughs> They also live in government apartments for the pay ones. They yeah. just they just <laughs> listen through an RSS link that a friend of a friend got mm-hmm. paying for. Um, By the way, they just passed new federal penalties on pirating this podcast. So yeah. don't even think about it. Yeah. Oh, really? Anyone who pirates this podcast uh, will be pursued to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. Do you know, that's why Joe Biden won't share generic vaccines, is to protect <gasps> podcast wow. IP. He's got so many <laughs> Brooklyn podcasters as constituents, wow. and we know if that he wears down the the intellectual property protections that's for right. the COVID vaccine, then podcasts will be next. And you gotta you gotta all work together, medicine and podcasting, and all the uh, the intellectual property. Well, the podcasts arts. are medicine. That's, that's right. The point. Yeah, that's right. We we provide happiness, and that makes people live longer. Mm-hmm. So we are actually a healthcare service. But similar to like pharmaceuticals, we also cause depression, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> IBS, and many other uh, medical illnesses. Anxiety, that we don't wanna... mm-hmm. suicidal ideations. Eventually, AIDS for you. <laughs> Domestic partner <laughs> violence. Why would you bring that one in? That's not even a medical diagnosis. <laughs> it's just a crime. Yeah, it's just, just if you play the podcast backwards, <laughs> <laughs> we're like Judas Priest. Yeah, you're right though. Mitch McConnell saying that shit. It's like, bro, you fucking. What are you talking about? This yeah. ain't fucking private citizens. Now, this is the motherfuckers that push all the buttons and now, levers and, of the country. And Jin Saki, she doesn't get a pass here. Right, 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 like, right. She's clearly speaking for the people who who put Joe Biden in and the White hair, House. And that hair, Jen, you're not pulling it off. That was like a whole of government. <laughs> she is. I don't think so. I, I draw the line. <laughs> that was like a whole of government response. They all just right. said, like, who did this? Mm-hmm, Instead mm-hmm. of, like, wow, that's fucked up that our system is like that. Right, right. Now, now, wait a minute. You're telling me Mitch McConnell is not sincerely concerned about the privacy of the average American tax? <laughs> You're telling me he just went on the floor of the Senate and talked about the taxpayer right to privacy and didn't just mean the top 25 richest people <laughs> in the country when he said that. It's funny um, how they had such a similar reaction to the Snowden revelations. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, they, they, they vowed to uh, get to the bottom of the United States spying on uh, everyone in the world. Yeah, I mean, that just like sums up this article in this episode where it's like, you know, ProPublica comes out and basically we'll get through how, but basically, basically says that the top 25 richest people in America pay almost zero percent. Like if you round, it's round to zero percent in taxes. And the only U.S. government response is we're going to arrest whoever leaked this. Yeah. No other changes. I think critically, ProPublica also says, and it's legal. It's all right. legal. Right. And that's part of why it's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah, the whole thing is like, it's uh, the nice thing about the Biden administration is that unlike in, in the Trump administration, everything was kind of laid bare mm-hmm. uh, and people got mad about it because he was so crass. And now in the Biden administration, all that stuff is still laid out um, and Biden can't really backtrack from it, even though sure. he promised to in his campaign. Like now that he's in power, he's not really in power. The, um, people who who uh, sign his checks are yeah who sign his checks are in power, um, though not not his salary <laughs> as we find found out here. Um, 
That is like kind of my favorite thing I see on conservative Twitter is, you know, they'll post a video of Biden obviously having dementia and they'll like have an all caps tweet like, who's actually running the government? The president isn't in charge. Who's in charge? And it's like, well, who do you think was in charge during Trump? Right. Who do you think was in charge during George W. Bush? Who do you think was in charge when Ronald Reagan was shitting his diaper at 2 p.m. and going to sleep? You know, like the president, this is not the first time the president has not been in charge of the government yeah yeah or the last yes uh, such a it's such a cute understanding of american politics yeah where it's like we elect people and they're in charge well that's like you'll just go insane if you you watch like the funhouse mirror of liberal conservative discourse because they sure. both you know they're all paid by either like foundations or billionaires or corporations and so they all have these kind of baked in assumptions that you have to have in order to get that make work you know fake job so they all have these like complete funhouse mirror discourse discussions all based around these baked in fake assumptions so if you if you look at that and you don't know that, you can go insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's and and you see it in this article too because it, um, ProPublica. They have a even though they do very good um, investigative journalism, they also approach it from a very liberal perspective. Right. And so that perspective is we got to fix it within the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's so interesting is that by the end of this article, they're like, we don't know how to fix this. <laughs> Okay, so anti-publica, they like run a front page story on like a mass shooting, but it's like, hooray! (laughs) 20 people were killed. This is awesome. The bullets and the guns worked exactly as designed. (laughs) That's what should be taken from this story. Gun sales expected to be all time high tomorrow. <laughs> buying buying Remington right now. <laughs> Just like the the anti publica front page headline on nine eleven is hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just got ads for bump stocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, to your point, Andy, though, like the, it is something where when you look at the article. There is a very like uh, Rube Goldberg esque like well as you can see this ball's hitting this domino and it's mm-hmm. causing a reaction by the end it's like we don't we don't know how the fuck we're gonna solve any of this there is a labyrinth of uh, uh, dominoes falling and we cannot predict where this is going to end up outside of we're boned yeah and I mean I I have a few solutions for it um, not many that I can say out loud but do they mostly involve guillotines uh, I think I think that technology is kind of <laughs> Do, do they mostly it's, involve? It's 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 past its time. <laughs> do they mostly involve sucking dick <laughs> and being a gay nerd while in a guillotine? <laughs> I mean, that's that's how we're gonna celebrate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so Marie Antoinette's about to be executed. She's like, oh, here's my impressive ropes. You're blah 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 blah. I'm a gay nerd sucking dick. <laughs> Quite disruptive. <laughs> and then they, they cut off her head, and her mouth is still moving. Like, oh, oh. and then she's mouthing, "That's you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if the the head is co- disconnected from the body with a sharp enough weapon, the the the, yeah, the brain still... is able to That's continue right. doing the the suck dick motion for another <laughs> ten seconds before death. Uh, so if you get beheaded, you can you can get one of those yeah. those off. Yeah. If you if you lock eye contact with the person who beheaded you, and and can pull that can pull off the hey this is you. <laughs> In that 10 seconds before the darkness comes, you won. You still won. That's That's a great way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. That, and it's very important because they'll ask you, do you have any last words? And you have to say no. no but right. then when they cut your head off, you have to go, hey, this is my impression of you. Mo, 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 mo. 
And we want to remind the uh, listeners that uh, it is Pride Month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's why I'm making uh, so many references to our LGBT friends out of appreciation. QI. And, yeah, and QI. Yeah, I don't want to forget plus. any LGBTQ+. Plus. And, you know, this is because they have not been recognized enough on Grub Stakers. I yes. actually see it as L+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I saved what do you time. mean? We, we covered Peter Thiel. Yeah. We, and we, you're right. We did let Andy lead this episode as the gayest <laughs> member of the podcast. <laughs> I like to think L plus is a new streaming service that's only LGBTQI plus uh, content. All right, but uh, enough of having fun and enjoying ourselves. Time it's, it's time to learn something. This is where the nerd part of the gay comes in. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ, it's not all sucking dick over here. Jesus Christ, also a gay nerd. <laughs> like that was with the Roman who put the spear in him said like hey this is this is my impression of you getting fucked in the <laughs> ass <laughs> this, is, this is you I'm doing you right now Mel, Mel Gibson was too chicken to tell that part of the story <laughs> oh what's the stigmata so you can have dicks <laughs> through your hands what oh you got stigmata so you could jerk off more guys at mm-hmm. once that's right, right. <laughs> they're beating him they're like but yeah we bet you like this don't you um okay so let's talk about the article Mm. um so ProPublica uh said they received all the links so here here here's some quick uh here's some quick findings uh that they released in 2007 and 2011 jeff bezos paid nothing in federal income taxes wow Wow. yeah in 2018, uh, the the same year that we started this podcast and recorded. Yeah, but wait a minute, Andy. On uh, during those years that he paid new uh, no federal income taxes, he was supporting a wife and a mistress, <laughs> so <laughs> he did need the money. In uh, 2018, Elon Musk paid no federal income taxes. Wow. Uh, Michael Bloomberg also paid nothing in taxes in recent years, mm. and uh, Carl Icahn, our old friend, not uh, an icon. Paid no federal income tax three years in a row, and we'll we'll get back to him. He's he's pretty fun with this. Um, I liked uh, I forget if it was ProPublica or another news outlet, but one of them interviewed uh, one of the guys who wrote Trump's 2017 tax bill, hmm. and he said something to the effect of like, uh, "I didn't write the law so that billionaires could pay zero dollars in taxes." <laughs> and it's like, well, pretty clearly you did. <laughs> Like, I know you're trying to spin it now, but yes, like part of why Bloomberg was able to recently pay zero in taxes is because of Donald Trump's tax cut right. law, yeah, which was, of course, written so that billionaires could pay nothing in taxes mm-hmm. and do it legally. And I think it was written so that it would be a little easier for the people moving money around mm-hmm. because they, they were definitely paying zero in taxes before that law mm-hmm. came in. Yes. Um, but now now it's it's a lot simpler. The loopholes got larger, if you will. Mm-hmm. They went from Swiss cheese to hula hoops. I think it was written to simplify our tax code so that you can now do your taxes just on a, a postcard. The government sends you a postcard and you just <laughs> fill it out. And that's what Donald Trump promised. And that's what his tax bill did. Well, you know, okay, so this is this is what's interesting is um, the article cites um, uh, this academic paper, uh, which it, it, it's more of another article um, that's published as an academic paper. It's called uh, The Death of the Income Tax or the Rise of America's Universal Wage Tax uh, by this um, uh, legal professor who specializes in tax law named Edward J. McCafferty. And... Just uh, imagine like ProPublica linking to an academic paper like that with like the headline like, we promise this is not some gay nerd shit, but like this (laughs) is like real (laughs) academic research. (laughs) So... um, 
the article, it's, it's very interesting. It was written before the ProPublica thing came out, um, but it, I think it lays a very good foundation for uh, the findings in the ProPublica article about how uh, these billionaires are able to evade taxes and right. sort of the um, ideological direction um, that the, the country's been working towards uh, to enable that. And um, in the article, he, he makes a strong distinction, uh, as I, I think I mentioned earlier, between um, income tax and wage tax. Right. Yeah. Because when we talk about it today, um, and it, it's, it's often conflated, and in this article, he, he actually comes down on AOC in a way that I think is actually justified in that when AOC talks about having a top marginal tax rate of 80% or whatever it is, mm -hmm. 100%, um, it's actually not at all effective for addressing this specific problem because um, the issue that's laid out in here is, is that billionaires don't really have wages right. um, in, in the uh, normal sense. Sure. Uh, like... Steve Jobs paid himself when he when he went back to Apple in the '90s. He paid himself a one dollar salary, right? Mm. And now uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Larry Page do that too. Uh, Jeff Bezos, his salary at Amazon is like eighty thousand. You know, they they give themselves a middle class salary and they have a middle class tax rate on just that salary. But obviously, that's yeah. not that's not their their take home. Right, right. But uh, but uh, dudes, if you're listening, you can on a date say I make more money than Jeff Bezos. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I make more money than Sergey Brin and Larry uh, uh, Page uh, put together. You have more income anyway. We make more money than Steve Jobs did, so I think that we're pretty cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's pretty safe to say that most of our listeners don't mo make more than Jeff Bezos, even at his low. Jeez, I know, I never have. Um, well, if Steve Jobs is only making a dollar, no wonder he couldn't afford cancer treatment <laughs> <laughs> or alimony or a condom. Um. So basically, what the the program that is identified here is that there's there's kind of this long term program to turn, or a condom. I mean, he was paying himself a dollar. Eventually, you could afford a condom. Those free ones. He'd have to go to the the clinic. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. yeah but he'd get, have to work for like two years for it. I mean, you can still afford it. That's how Steve Jobs got got away from paying prostitutes. And I'm not going to be able to pay you until January. <laughs> I actually only make a dollar a year. I can give you 100% of the money I make. Wow, Mr. Jobs. <laughs> oh, it's not nearly as large as you think yeah. it is. The girl's like, I have herpes. Like, yeah, I'm not gay. I'm not going to wear a condom. <laughs> um, oh, God. This is our first in-person episode, by the way. Yeah, and we're back. Hey. We're back to derailing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, you thought the remote episodes were derailed yeah. In person we can't even keep our own thoughts straight You know it is a lot easier to interrupt With uh, homophobic riffs When you don't have to wait for the Three second delay for somebody to finish Their mm -hmm. thought on Skype That's true <laughs> So the gay nerd who, who wrote this article yeah. um, so Jesse he, Eisenberg Yeah So uh, yeah in, in, in criticizing uh, AOC's approach and that was what uh, Michael Bloomberg's PR person said in response <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this article was written by a bunch of gay nerds we're not going to respond to it yeah if you could if you could send us like something that's not written by like nerds I think we'll respond to that oh man if Bloomberg were the president he would have already ordered a drone strike on oh yeah whoever leaked no, this. No, he just assumes Jesse Eisenberg wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked up Zuckerberg in that movie, now he's coming after me! Do we still have that drop uh, of him crying when he uh, announced his concession in the presidency? No. I, we only, like, played it once. I think I cut that up after the yeah. episode. Oh, I don't right, know if we right. have it, yeah. No, don't worry about it. Why would you think that? <laughs> <laughs> 
the Bloomberg runs are some some That's ridiculous some gems because he is so flagrant in in his like regular interview uh, appearances. God, I can't remember the exact quote. I know we've played it on this show. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much. Well, that's a classic. And minorities too little. I think but that he's just telling truth there. That that being in the intro was our golden years of of the Grub Shakers. I think that if anyone's like, oh, check out the show. If that's in the intro, you got a good one right there, baby. It's it, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, it's the spirit of America <laughs> and the will. And he's like, we got it because he's like clearly yeah, choking yeah. up in right, his concession right. speech and like crying, and you know, it's just like the corniest shit in the world. And everybody who's like being paid, you know, half a mil a year by him has to like be very solemn and nod. I remember I chopped it up for the outro and it was so bad. I couldn't even use it as a good drop thing. Like it was, uh, it was not the quality of the audio, but just like it itself was just wasn't, it was just a poor. We'll, we'll play it in the outro. We'll remind the listeners. I, let's I, let's I, talk some taxes here. Okay. Going back to the wealth wage distinction. Um, uh, because uh, the article says the wealth wage distinction allows us to see the fatal problems with the democratic or liberal tax policy in the post-war era hmm. because taxes fall primarily on wages redistribution if any has to occur from the more highly paid to lower paid workers hmm. or the non-working poor the middle class is pitted against the lower class while the upper class sits on the sidelines this is not a recipe for social stability which i, I think is is a very perceptive um uh, a response to, I mean, and not just AOC's proposal, but Bernie Sanders' campaign right. proposals uh, or Elizabeth Warren's, like eh, pretty much everyone in uh, the legislature, everyone at the federal level, hmm. at least, uh, except Ron Wyden, who who does propose a wealth tax. But, um, uh, and I guess Bernie Sanders and AOC, to their credit, have also talked about a wealth tax, maybe Warren too. Um, but that's not usually at the forefront. At the forefront, it's higher income taxes. And to be fair, an income tax of the kind that AOC promotes would obviously be a good thing for it would it would capture the tax the taxable compensation in total for a lot of millionaires. Mm. Like uh like the, the subject of the ProPublica article is twenty five of the richest people in the country. Right. Mm -hmm. But like the vast majority of like low to moderate millionaires um, something like an eighty percent top marginal rate would would definitely hit them. Sure, like, break rather your heart. It would be um, it would be a lot more useful for that sort of strata of rich people. Um, the way I see it is, it's kind of a second step. Like first, you got to get the people at the top. You got to knock them down. Yeah, um, and they since um, like we're beginning to say here, they the the very top. What are they? The tall poppies? Is that the year zero thing? <laughs> Cut the tall trees, yes. <laughs> the tall trees. The people at the very top have almost no income and all and the most assets. And so you have to tax their assets and not their income. And this is a basic category error that I actually find in some leftist discourse mm -hmm. when like they're making points that are overall valid. Leftists will be like, Jeff Bezos makes thirteen million an hour. And I'm like, that's not exactly true, sure, but sure. I know what you're saying. Right, right. You're saying that his wealth increased at a rate of about 13 million an hour for a lot of like a year or maybe a few years, and that's absurd. And that's like that that um that is accurate. It's just not income. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, that's close. But could you try it again? Like, but not as a gay nerd. <laughs> 
So, so in the article, it, it actually makes the distinct, or at least the um, this academic paper, not the ProPublica one, uh, it makes the distinction where that is income um, for Jeff Bezos, right? But it's not a wage, mm. and so whenever people discuss income taxes, what they're really talking about is wage taxes. Um, and the, the, another thing that, that this article points out is that the drive within America is to eventually ha turn all income taxes into the payroll tax, mm. um, where it's just a tax directly on your wages. Um, you know, they could simplify the tax code so that, you know, you don't even have to deal with it. You don't have to deal with tax day or whatever. Um, but effectively you'll have a regressive tax. And this is what people like Grover Norquist are all working towards, mm. um, is, is ultimately just a wage tax so that all passive income, um, that is the primary source of income for the wealthiest, um, that doesn't get taxed and right. not, not just, not just pass, I guess, yeah, passive wealth growth that is income, but in a complex way. Mm. Um, well, we got to say, so that, um, it lays out a few kind of key terms that I think people should know about if they don't already. Uh, the wealthy have capital gains as a lot of as a much higher percentage of their income than the regular person does. And there's two different kinds of capital gains. There's unrealized and realized. And realized is when you basically cashed out, like you you bought something, it appreciated, and then you sold it, and then that means you've realized it, that you've got it into cash. So like if you if you buy a stock and you just hold it and you never do anything with it, it's unrealized and right. it's not taxed because you don't have any income from it. Yeah, that was one thing I saw from the Fox News reporting of this because I did not want to look at the illegal report that ProPublica mm -hmm. put out. But you, in, you got the patriotic take. That's right. But in the comments of it, people were like, well, this isn't wages. These are, you know, the capital that they're earning from stocks is not realized oh. yet. Yeah. And, and we'll address that in a minute. Yeah, like I, I understand the point they're making, but it is one of those things where although the financial gain is... is um, potential or theoretical if you will it's still there though it's like it's not unknown or like it's not ephemeral and it is very much um realized in a way that sidesteps any kind of taxation they don't yep. cash out their stocks right. Um, right they take out loans and, and we'll go into deal, detail on that um in a few minutes but uh one final quote from this thing that i wanted to um uh bring up is which I, I feel like is the thesis of the article, but he doesn't want to say it's the thesis. He says, indeed, a cynic might suggest that the ER income tax, the original and future tax that applies to America's wealthiest, persists only to feed the Wall Street financiers who help their clients avoid paying it and the politicians and lobbyists who benefit whenever tax reform specifically for the wealthy is on the legislative table. For the rest of us, the income tax has died and we are all paying for the killing. Uh, that's good, but could you do it again like Jesse Eisenberg in uh, The Social Network? I, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I was going to say. Paying 15% tax isn't cool anymore. You know what's cool? Paying 0.1% <laughs> tax. The thing I found most interesting about some of the uh, articles that were posted takes on this is like, Many billionaires pay 0 0.9 to 1.2, but Elon Musk pays 3.9%. And when you look at how a lot of his money is subsidized uh, funding from the government, is that correct? Is that, is that uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, it's very funny to be like, well, he plays double the taxes of Jeff Bezos, so he's 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 not as bad as the worst criminals. And it's like three percent, 
fucking Grubstakers paid more taxes this year than they did. That's right. Our LLC paid more taxes than Jeff Bezos. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, we got to get offshore. <laughs> we got to get to Panama. This is ridiculous. But it is interesting. I mean, I wanted to just kind of highlight when we were throwing around these percentages, mm-hmm. just like what ProPublica did here, which is right. very intuitive and, and smart, is they got, according to them, they got 15 years worth of tax data for all these, you know, top 25 richest. And what they did is they compared how much in taxes the 25 richest Americans paid each year to how much Forbes estimated their wealth grew in that same time period. Mm -hmm. And then they called that the true tax rate. And that makes sense, you know, instead of, you know, saying their percentage of their declared income when for Bezos it's 80,000 or something ridiculous, you can look at their true tax rate as their annual net worth increase because all their money is in stocks and properties and all this shit. And then, of course, as Andy mentioned, they're borrowing against it when they need liquid capital. Right. And, of course, from a true tax rate perspective, when it's um, based on wealth, uh, a good percentage, if not majority of Americans, are probably paying over 100%. Oh, yes. Um, right. And, like, that's the thing. You know, we talk about, like... Wait, I don't understand that. Sorry, I, I was looking because, at my phone. So, like, because the average American's wealth doesn't tend to increase from year to year. Oh, I see. Speaking I see. from personal experience. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. Then if you uh, calculate the... Um, uh, the tax, or uh, let me say that again. So if you calculate then the increase in, um, or the tax rate paid divided by the increase in wealth, um, you're going to have a number that's, that's much larger than one. Gotcha. So if you have like student loans and you have a negative net worth and you're paying a, mm-hmm. a massive multiple hundred percent, 800% of your income right, in taxes right. every year or of your wealth. But it is like, you know, we've talked about one of the ways that this has been rigged is the capital gains is like charged at a lower rate than wages because of these capital gains tax cuts in the 90s. And then people talk about, you know, the carried interest loophole and all this stuff taking advantage of private equity and hedge funds. And that's kind of like what we have talked about is the capital gains rate is more like 15 or 20 percent, whereas the actual wages rate is like 35 or 40 percent. But then you actually get into this ProPublic article and it's like, they're not even paying the 15 (laughs) percent, you know, the 10 percent that we've been like bitching about for like three years on this podcast. Like, no, they don't even even paying that. Yeah, no, (laughs) No, they're 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 clowning on Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for the from what ProPublica calculated using uh, that true tax rate uh, for the top 25 richest Americans, their uh, wealth rose. Four hundred and one billion. Hell yeah! Jeez. From twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and they paid a total of thirteen point six billion in federal income taxes in those years, which amounts to a true tax rate of three point four percent. And so here's here's a breakdown uh, for Bezos, Buffett, Bloomberg, and Musk. Uh, Warren Buffett, his wealth growth in that period was uh, twenty four point three billion. His uh, total reported income was 125 million, uh, and his total taxes paid was 23.7 million, which came to a true tax rate of 0.1 percent. Oh yeah. Jeff Bezos, his wealth grew by 99.0 billion. Uh, his total income reported is 4.22 billion. His total taxes paid are 973 million and his true tax rate is 0.98%. Wow. Bloomberg. Can you imagine how much more money he would have if he had just cut off his own dick? (laughs) (laughs) 
Like he just wouldn't have had to pay any taxes and he wouldn't have had to give half of it to McKenzie. I mean, he he's basically doing that with his steroids. McKenzie's basically fulfilling the role of the IRS in Jeff Bezos's <laughs> life. Like what what the IRS should be doing, his ex-wife yeah. is taking care of. They actually reached out to uh, McKenzie for comment yeah. um, through her divorce lawyer and friends. Uh, and... She did not comment on this. <laughs> she also like it, they 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 go into de- I'll go into detail in a second for how much people are dodging this. But even Mackenzie Scott, who who's being lauded as like you know the good billionaire because she's right, giving right. a lot away and you know she's running away from her evil ex husband. Mm. Like even Mackenzie uh, is I and I mean she's she's not that she spent most of her adult life rolling in blood money. Right, of course. Um, but. And she still is, and she still. Hey, I didn't. Be. I didn't think her novels were that bad, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos. He made all that money off her novels. That's right. Uh, that's what kickstarted the bookstore. You know, people. That was the only way people could get her novels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mike Bloomberg, twenty-two point five billion in that time frame, mm. um, claimed total income of ten billion. Mm. Uh, interestingly, because he takes all his profits, uh, it takes basically all the profits from his company, right? Mm. And so he has a. Um, uh, much higher income than uh, many of the other people listed here. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a good accountant and he paid uh, $292 million, which comes out to a true tax rate of 1.3%. Wow. Jesus Christ. And uh, finally... Uh, 1.3% on $10 billion in income. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nothing. Finally, our good friend Elon Musk. Um, he's been on the pod. Uh he saw his wealth grow by 13.9 billion in that time period. Uh, and his, then he put it all in dog coin. <laughs> his total income was 1.52 billion and his total taxes paid were 455 million. And so by contrast, uh, from 2014 to 2018, uh, the average wage earners in America in their early forties saw their net worth increase by about uh, 65,000. But since the vast bulk of their earnings were salaries, their total tax bills, uh, approximated about 62,000. Oh, <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the middle class is so important to democracy. Mm-hmm. We have to have like a large base of, you know, people who are like in the middle and doing well so that we can maintain the system. And I think, uh, I think the system is maintaining great. And, uh, yeah, the lowest tax rate, if you pay zero to, uh, Nine point eight thousand. If you're a single person, mm. you're still paying a ten percent tax rate on any income what? you make. Yeah, it's great that there's no discussion of doing anything about any of this. <laughs> right, right. Like mm-hmm. it's just not going to be fixed in the next four years. <laughs> well, here's we're going to do now um, a brief history of income tax in the United oh. States. All right. So this is what people were waiting for. Finally, I'm going to come and. <laughs> In a man. You can jerk off and just be jerking off to gay sex. You don't have to say you have to come in a man. <laughs> that doesn't. But, but then people might not have known. <laughs> it's be gay, do accounting. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest crime of all. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, in Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, it says... Uh, it distinctly forbids um, uh, any kind of income tax or any tax on an individual. The text is 
Taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union, according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years, and excluding Indians not tax three-fifths of all other persons. Oh, me? Huh? Talking about me? Indians? Yeah, you don't have to pay tax, Yogi. Three-fifths, just like my jokes. It's not, well, okay. That'd be <laughs> funny. You became like a sovereign citizen Indian guy. <laughs> You're like, whenever it says Indians in the Constitution, it actually means me. me. <laughs> well, unfortunately for Yogi, um, uh, that got that got removed Aww. in the um, in the the 16th Amendment. But we're not there yet. Sweet 16, my ass. The consequence of of that. Um, of that article in the constitution was that the government um, in the early history of the United States funded itself through indirect taxes, tariffs and levies on consumer goods like tobacco and alcohol. Uh, Congress imposed its first national income tax in 1861 uh, to start paying for uh, something that happened that year. Um, uh, Something that was like civil uh, (laughs) and uh, as soon as the, it was like a war, but it was like civil. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of war of aggression launched <laughs> by the northernmost territories. <laughs> so, so that's actually, uh, Lincoln was like, uh, I think people should be taxed. And um, the South was like, we, we don't like that. And uh, they were justified in rising up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like that you did the historically accurate high-pitched Lincoln that's voice. That's right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do low-pitched Lincoln, and that's not the right thing. No, no one should do low-pitched Lincoln. I, yeah, I did. Four, squall, and seven. It was more like, that's part of why he won the election yeah but that's how he lost the lincoln douglas debate is douglas was just like this guy sounds like a gay nerd (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's like if you go to oxford debating societies they'll try to teach you how to like respond to the accusation (laughs) that you're a gay nerd because it's like unbeatable in debates It's like spamming the X button with Forest Law if you're playing Tekken. <laughs> it's it's actually a, way, a tool for class distinction because they don't teach that at state schools. No, yes, no. that's true. Only um, Oxford debaters. So uh, you've activated my trap card <laughs> by calling me a gay nerd. <laughs> Only at a Cambridge education do you learn how to respond to these kinds of accusations in a debate. Uh, immediately after the War of Northern Aggression ended. Um, the 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 wealthy um, joined forces, uh, uh, apologized to all the slave owners for for um, taking away their slaves, and then uh, immediately uh, forced the repeal of the income tax. That's right. Um, in 1894, the Supreme Court rejected a law that would have created an income tax. Uh, so Congress moved to amend the Constitution, and uh, they managed to do so in 1913. The 16th Amendment was ratified and gave the government the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. Hmm. My favorite kind of, you know, um, crank libertarian is the kind that says the 16th Amendment was illegally ratified and that the income tax is illegal, (laughs) which is a very common conspiracy online in Reason Magazine type circles (laughs) that um, several people have been shot to death by federal marshals over because they just refuse to pay income taxes because they say that was not legally ratified and it is not part of the Constitution. But uh, numerous federal courts have said, yes, you do actually have to pay the income tax. Yeah, it's like the five people who took uh, 
Koch brother propaganda at face value. That's right. Um, and took it to its logical conclusion, took up arms against the United States government and got Ruby Ridged. So the last part there is especially important uh, from whatever source derived, because what that meant was that uh, an increase in wealth that was counted as income and taxed as such. Oh, um, early on in the 16th Amendment. Or, yeah, yeah. Once the 16th Amendment was passed or income derived from the wealth. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't just um, it. It that included like uh, an increase in your net worth that hasn't been realized. Like if you have, say, um, if you receive a dividend from funny, a stock. you should mention that. Oh, uh, yes. So uh, that was passed in 1913 and 1918. Only. Um, Fifteen uh, percent of American families owed any tax, and the top one percent actually paid eighty percent of all the tax revenue raised by the government. Now, wait a minute. Do you know the president who signed that income tax into law? Uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama. His name was Woodrow Wilson, and he was a notorious white supremacist <laughs> and racist. <laughs> and that's when we talk about the income tax, we're talking about white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, why'd you get such a kick out of that stupid joke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's a president in question, you're like, that's the answer. <laughs> uh, what, what's his vice president? Uh, Alexandria right. Albazio Cortez. <laughs> it's Bocasio. Bocasio. Obasio. It would have been the same. Obasio. Oh, damn it. Yeah, Sean, Sean thought Bocasio wasn't, wasn't Hispanic enough, so he changed it to Alcasio. <laughs> That's what she's like. Her 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 district in the Bronx gets uh, redistricted, and there's like more Latinos there, so she has to go with the Boca. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandrio Bocasio. So okay, so here's here's um, where things got all fucked up. Hmm. In 1920, hmm. um, income tax from increased wealth gained through investments was deemed untaxable by the Supreme Court, and oh. the reason this happened was from a, a case Eisner v. Uh, Maycomer hmm. where in, 20, in 1916 uh, Maycomer owed uh, 2,200 shares in Standard Oil um, which uh, Standard Oil at the time declared a 50% stock dividend hmm. and so she received 1,100 additional shares hmm. uh, as the dividend which... Uh, well there's your problem right there she... Which is a girl boss, um, which was worth approximately 20000 mm. um, And so this this particular form of dividend, um, it worked as kind of a half In stock In a unanimous split. decision, the Supreme Court declared that dudes rock. <laughs> um, so, so, so she receives shares instead of yes, cash, yes. is what you're saying. Yeah. And so the argument was that because it's kind of like a stock split. Um, it's not a wage. Yeah, it's not a wage because the it's overall not income. Right. The overall value of the company didn't change. It was just more stocks, so her overall net worth didn't change. She just got more stocks. That that was what was argued. So I just want to say, like, an important thing when reading Supreme Court decisions throughout U.S. history is don't try to follow any sort of logic. <laughs> just realize that they're going to side with business, and then they're going to figure out how they manipulate the law exactly. to get there. Exactly. So, are they, but are they saying basically it wasn't realized because it wasn't cash; it was stock. Well, I'm getting right. that's, that. That was so. That was that was the argument. That's uh, that's that was her perspective. Was that it's stock, it's not cash, and also 
my income didn't increase between yeah. the twenty thousand and the one thousand one hundred, even though um, clearly the dividend was paid out of profits. So or the the extra stock was uh, more or less the annual profits of Standard Oil just paid through stock. It is interesting uh, fact is that the around the same time the Supreme Court was uh, issuing this decision, they were also issuing decisions that um, it was legal to forcibly sterilize the <laughs> mentally. Re- and uh, they were. This is the same crew. Yeah, the, that and they were, I believe. They did also issue a decision that Indian people, actual Indians like Yogi, could not be U.S. citizens. Uh, In the early 20th century, there was a racist Indian guy who sued uh, up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and he said that, uh, I'm not black, I should not be subjected to segregation laws, I'm Indian. And then they were like, no, you're... You're the N-word, too. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering why you were pointing at me, but at least this time it was relevant. Yeah. Um... I did not know that. So, according to the law at the time, those shares were taxable as they should be. Um, so, what May Comer did is um, she pulled the most powerful Karen move. She paid the taxes and then sued Mark Eisner, who was the collector of internal revenue for the third district, uh, in other words, New York. Mm-hmm. And um, as she said, that she only pay- received the payment in stock, not cash. And the Supreme Court ruled 5 4 in her favor, mm-hmm. stating that. A person needed to sell an asset, whether a stock, bond, or building, and reap actual money uh, before it could be taxed. And this set the precedent that um, only gains which were, quote, realized can be taxed. And um, this created a loophole, uh, of course, where wealthy industrials could simply borrow against the value of the stock um, that they are effectively producing an income from due to their increase in net worth. And they don't have to pay, and because they're taking out a loan, they don't have to uh, pay taxes on that. Well, see, that's interesting, Andy, that the Supreme Court upheld that precedent from over 100 years ago all the way to today. And, you know, we might be mad at that, but they consistently uphold these precedents no matter what the precedents are. That's right. And I'll tell you an example of the Supreme Court upholding the precedents. Mm -hmm. So in Montana, in 1910, by citizen ballot, they actually passed an initiative that said that corporations could not donate to political campaigns because, you know, they had a big problem with mining and pollution. And for 100 years, that was the law in Montana, 1910, 2010. And then in 2010, the Supreme Court issued the Citizens United decision. And then later that year, decided that the Montana law is unconstitutional because Mm -hmm. of the First Amendment after 100 years of it being on the books. And so, of course, this is about consistency and precedent. It's not like they pick and choose when it comes to these sorts of precedents. It sounds like the girl boss won out. Yes. So yeah, it will. This so, was a win for feminism, actually. What, what's What's interesting is that this, um, even yes, though queen, even though it set this precedent, um, it wasn't effectively utilized until the seventies when uh, neoliberalism really started coming into the forefront. And I, I don't mean neoliberalism the way kind of Twitter edge lords use it about culture, hmm. but like actual like um, pushing a system where uh, private ownership is um, the pushing towards a system where private ownership is the predominant form of government. Neoliberalism wants that some sort of gay nerd. <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> so uh, here's some individual cases um, that they... that they, Sean, we need you to come in with a hot riff right now. <laughs> we got we to gotta save the episode. <laughs> Sean, I don't know why, but in, during the remotes, he didn't do this. But in person, Sean loves the fake yell into the mic move. 
It's a very, <laughs> very controversial. Uh, if I if I yell into the mic, it makes the bit funnier. Yeah. Well, this like you know, it's it's like once you're back on stage again, mm-hmm. there's just so much so much workout that you can just you can't do when you're when you're in a Skype room. You know. That's right. That's right. All the act outs. Oh, yeah. The people mm-hmm. they need full energy from all of us mm-hmm. when we're here. But we're all we're all rock hard. We're we're all rock hard. We're <laughs> we're not wearing pants. It turns out we can't jerk off in person. Gonna do a quad Dutch rubber. <laughs> Second time trying to make the quad Dutch rudder joke. Does anyone know, know what a Dutch rudder is? I don't know what that no. is. It's I grab your cock, you grab Steven's cock, he mm. grabs Andy's, Andy grabs my arm and my cock, and then he moves my arm jerking off your cock. So I'm not jerking your cock. Someone else is moving my hand to jerk off your cock. This was this was Wait, another decided yeah. another Supreme Court case. That's right. Wait, That's is right. every is everyone doing that with everyone else's arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not gay. It's just you're moving somebody else's hand that happens yeah, to be jerking right. someone else off. Yeah. This is a this is a legal loop. You know what I love about this podcast is you never know by the episode titles which ones are actually going to be educational. <laughs> actually, I think it's I grab my own cock and you move my hand so that it's not gay. That's what it is actually. We're like oh. this is going to be a boring. Yeah. tax policy episode it's derived from the Dutch rudder this is yeah this is anything derived from that's a distinction that's mm. right yeah why Dutch I don't know did they have fucked up boats um I mean I guess I'm not the, the Vikings uh okay so their phalanx tactics were very unconventional <laughs> um by the way we uh we were worried this episode would be homophobic so we did all suck each other off before we started recording we none of us came but we sucked each other off yeah like just a little bit just yeah. so we can say it yeah i mean the zoloft kind of but damper on things but listen we, we're like the secret societies this is a skull and bone situation okay we didn't want to just jerk off on a cookie and eat it or be in a coffin and get anally probed we made sure to put one another's cocks in our mouths at the same time mind you so all three of our cocks were in one mouth at some points and uh honestly it, we wanted to do a human centipede type of thing but i just felt like you know if all the billionaires don't eat butt why should we that's a patreon tier actually for <laughs> for three thousand subscribers we'll release our uh, skull and bones jerk off audio tape that's right that's right it's just a lot of grunting <laughs> and working out bits yeah <laughs> So okay, have you seen this? Let's 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 do some more. Uh... Jerry Seinfeld joins Skull and Bones. What's the deal with jerking off in coffins? Have you seen this? Have you sucked on this? <laughs> um, she was fifteen. <laughs> this was last year. I knew she was underage. I just didn't give a shit. You know, Thirty Rock had this um, uh, joke with Seinfeld about an island that only rich people know about. Mm-hmm. I. And that joke takes a whole new dimension now that all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff is oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, not all of it's out. Yeah. I mean, as much as... Okay. So, Jeff Bezos in 2007, um, Amazon stock more than doubled. Bezos' fortune increased by about $3.8 billion, uh, which he, he didn't cross the $10 billion line until 2010. Aww. And so, his fortune also basically doubled. Um, he filed jointly with McKinsey, Mistake. and uh, they had a reported income of forty-six million, which was primarily from the interest and dividend payments, which was primarily um, from interest and dividend payments on outside investments, right. uh, because Amazon doesn't give dividend payments. Um, that must be the best use of a time machine, though, is you just go directly to Bezos and be like, "Sign this prenuptial," right. <laughs> right. and I get ten percent, and then you just chill. 
But you need both their signatures, though. It's not yeah, the guys always want to sign. Come on now. True. Yeah. Men will sign anything. They just like autographing things. Bezos was able to offset every penny earned uh, with losses from side investments and various deductions, hmm. uh, like interest expenses on debts and quote the vague catch-all category of other expenses. You know, every time I hear like lost uh, ventures in uh, in capitalism, it always, especially in the tax code, it always reminds me of the play the producers. Like they're trying to do a loss leading thing to Lost make money. Too. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like betting on a horse to fail to win. So Jeff Bezos in 2011, his uh, wealth held roughly steady at 18 billion. Um, so Bezos filed a tax return reporting that he lost money and um, that his income was offset by investment losses. And because of these losses, he claimed and received a $4,000 tax credit for mm. his children. Mm. Wow. <laughs> he, <laughs> which uh, just the, uh, the audacity of someone... Where I'm like, I don't want to do paperwork. I'm not going to do all the deductions. Fuck sure, it. Sure. And this guy, this asshole worth $18 billion gets a $4,000 tax credit for his kids. Hell he's yeah. In, yeah, he's in poverty. That's so right. He's not making no enough money. Yeah. Jeff Bezos from 2006 to 2018, his wealth increased by $127 billion. He reported a total of $6.5 billion in income, paid $1.4 billion total over 12 years, which comes out to a 1.1% true tax rate. Elon Musk, he paid... $68,000 in taxes in 2015, uh, $65,000 in 2017, zero in 2018, and between 2014 and 2018, true tax rate, 3.27%. Uh, after taking hundreds of millions in deductions for the interest on his loans, Icon registered tax losses for both years. Wow. Icon had an outstanding loan of $1.2 billion with Bank of America, uh, among other loans, which he w said was technically a mortgage secu secured by his Manhattan penthouse apartments and other properties. And when asked by ProPublica if he took out loans to lower his tax bill, Icon said, no, not at all. My borrowing is to win. I enjoy the competition. I enjoy winning. Uh, he also said, and he's kind of the star of this article in this way, uh, I didn't make money because unfortunately for me, my interest was higher than my whole adjusted income. And he says, there's a reason it's called income tax. The reason is if you're a poor person, a rich person, if you're Apple, if you have no income, you don't pay taxes. And uh, a slight correction, Apple has a lot of income and they still don't pay taxes. Yes. Uh, and he also added, uh, do you think a rich person should pay taxes no matter what? I don't think it's a germane question. How can you ask me that question? And I, I always find it fascinating when a billionaire talks to a reporter like they're the help. Well, yeah, well, Icon has that, uh, you know, he went to a tough school in Queens mm -hmm. where they used mm -hmm. to beat up the little Jewish kids. <laughs> right, right. He has, uh, he has that attitude. Yeah. So, you know, I guess at least I respect Icon for directly threatening the reporter <laughs> instead of doing it through a spokesman like Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this article whose tax information was described was asked to comment. Uh, Buffett, Bloomberg, and Icon all said that they paid the taxes they owed. Uh, a spokesperson for Soros, George Soros, said in a statement, 
between 2016 and 2018, George Soros lost money on his investments. Yeah, he invested in Antifa and they lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> he invested in uh, faking a school shooting in Newton and they didn't get the gun control law passed. So. Harvest his tax losses. The losses. <laughs> he wrote off the Newton school shooting <laughs> <laughs> his tax bill. <laughs> those, just, those child actors aren't cheap. Well, another one bites the dust. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was a, a seed grant research lab. <laughs> oh. We uh, we put a lot of chemicals in Adam Lanza. <laughs> As part of the Open Society Foundation. Try to make it to back try, on that pillow stuff. To try to get gun control passed. And, you know, we had to write that off at zero. You know, it's when you're a venture capitalist, not everything succeeds. That's right. Sometimes your false flag <laughs> doesn't get the gun control laws passed <laughs> because of patriot resistance and the Second Amendment. Uh, his his uh, spokesperson continued, therefore, he did not owe federal income taxes in those years. Mr. Soros has long supported higher taxes for wealthy Americans. Um, it's so funny. Like, you know, I know it's like partly anti-Semitism, but like the right wing media has made his name just sound evil. Sure, <laughs> like sure. as soon as you say like George Soros, like it, or just Soros mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in your head, you just see like the puppet master strings. <laughs> Like it's the just, web, it's a yeah, <laughs> just like Barack Obama and like you know several gay prostitutes that he's using to control the White House and you know all this master manipulation plans. I love that puppet master is is it, it's such a, a menacing statement. But if you actually see a puppet master in public, hmm. they're, joy they're just joyful. A couple like, of gay nerds, entertainers. <laughs> Gay nerds, whatever. Yeah, well, you know what? George Soros has every reason to fight against public transits and train systems in the United States based on what he saw them do when he was a child. That's right. So that's why the car culture. You can't have a genocide if you have a car culture. Public rail is the first step on the road to annihilation. Do, do I mention that the first ja gas chambers were in the back of trucks where the exhaust was just ported into the trucks? No, but that is a good chance to uh, remember that uh, when really? we were... Mm -hmm. When oh. we were doing our um, our Nazi 420 episode riffs, we did forget to riff about the gas chambers that the cool Nazis would have, and they would like drive you out, and it would just like play a boombox, <laughs> and you would hotbox. <laughs> it would be like the the mobile killing vans would just be hotbox vans, <laughs> and then they would just like play speakers, and they would play speakers, and then just let you out in the woods, and you could like walk around. They're just like you can leave. Yeah, it's explosive words. We're some chill Nazis. Nazi app is just leaking into this. Right, thing. right. Uh, personal and corporate representatives of Bezos declined to receive detailed questions from mm. Pova. They didn't even, they declined to receive even questions about yeah, him. Right. I hate when Amazon support does that. Uh, <laughs> uh, one star. And. <laughs> uh, Similarly, as we mentioned earlier, um, Mackenzie Scott, through her divorce, they tried to contact her through their divorce attorney and uh, uh, personal representative. She didn't say anything. Can we hit up these reporters and see how you get in contact with Mackenzie Scott? Because I would like to get in contact with Mackenzie Scott. We know her husband's at Lakeside teacher. We could probably find someone that knows oh, her. Oh, that's right. She is married. Yeah, Never mind. I don't want to talk to her. Yeah. No, really? That was the only reason you want to talk to her? <laughs> well. Hey, what's that on your um, left hand? <laughs> Look, my wife would understand. <laughs> Like, honey, just let me do this and then we'll be rich. Finally, we've got uh, our good friend, 
uh, Elon Musk, who presumably they asked it, they like DM'd him on Twitter, yeah. um, because they say that he responded to the initial inquiry with a single question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what a beta cuck move. Yeah. And then um, after they sent more detailed questions, he did not reply. <laughs> it seems to me that your research is not correct at this time. <laughs> That's a good impression. So bad. Yeah. I did, you know, I made this point on Twitter, but like we were pretty harsh on Elon Musk in the uh, the two episodes we did. But in hindsight, like watching, I've actually come to respect him a little bit more as he's realized that he's so plugged into the military industrial complex. Oh, yeah. He can just do blatant crypto pump and dump scams in public <laughs> and nobody can stop yeah. him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember like during those episodes being like, oh, he's making rocket fuel that returns. But these are just missiles yeah. that you don't need to waste they're recyclable missiles. They're green, guys. But, but I mean, you know, his whole fucking empire is built on a corner of the military-industrial complex funding him forever, really. Yeah. I don't see any any chance that... I mean, if he could figure out how to make fucking tanks electric, which he, you know, can. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that far-fetched. Like, this is everything that's able to kill people except the fucking uh, munitions could be powered by a battery in theory oh fuck my gun didn't charge last night guys shit my tesla ak is not gonna work against the fucking <laughs> taliban you know about a year ago um uh, spacex made a bid to the u.s military saying that they could uh, provide faster intercontinental rockets mm -hmm. oh. without saying what those rockets would be for but they were like it can reach its destination in an hour um, for fast delivery of goods. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's frustrating because I think that uh, after our, uh, um, what was that, Michael Moore Green Doc? Anyway, after that fucking- Planet of the Humans. Yeah, after that documentary, it became very clear that like renewable is, is more a concept than a practicable thing in uh, society. And, uh, you know, it's like we, we look at like, oh, don't use uh, plastic water bottles. Get uh, one that you can refill. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. But- they had to make the fucking refillable water bottle as well. And uh, in terms of Musk, it's like, oh, you are just like your parents' parents, uh, raping the earth for its minerals for your own gain. That'd be pretty tight to do like an all-electric intercontinental ballistic missile, though. <laughs> <laughs> the green new Nagasaki. I mean, it really is what uh, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Kennedy uh, Jr. was trying to do with Operation uh, um, Aphrodite, where it's just drone-based fly the ship into fly the airplane into the target mm -hmm. i'm fucked up all right um what else we got how'd you do that you'd have to have some kind of electric thing to get it at. one interesting side uh, effect of this is that um you'll notice that many of the richest people in the world um the companies that they own uh facebook apple uh, amazon grubstakers llc <laughs> grubstakers llc um they don't distribute dividends for their stocks. Um, Buffett argues that it is better to use profits to fund further investments in his company, but if Berkshire Hathaway did distribute dividends on par with the average dividend, uh, Buffett would earn approximately $1 billion a year in dividend income and owe hundreds of millions of dollars on that income. Mm. Um, but he claims that his no-dividend approach... Um, is good. Yeah, is, is supported by all the investors in Berkshire Hathaway. And he says, I can't think of any large public company with shareholders so united in their reinvestment beliefs. And he pointed out that Berkshire Hathaway does pay significant corporate taxes uh, that accounts for 1.5% of the total U.S. corporate taxes between uh, 2019 and 2020. Uh, and this is presumably because, you know, the Amazons and the Apples are all sure. stashing their corporate profits in Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, Thanks, Sean. 
So uh, here's how they get money for nothing. Uh, it checks for free. The the way that billionaires are able to live as billionaires without cashing out um, their uh, assets, as I alluded to earlier, is what they do is they just take loans that use their stocks as collateral. Right. And um, those loans aren't taxed. Hmm. Uh, loans are not taxed because there's an interest on them. And the, um, the arithmetic is very simple. You know, if you uh, have a regular income, it's going to be taxed at their level, like 37%. Mm -hmm. um, if, they, uh, if they cash out their stocks, it's going to be taxed at 20%. Mm -hmm. And if they take uh, a loan from a bank, uh, it's going to have like a 1% to 2% interest rate. Right. And so they're paying about <laughs> as much in interest on their loans as they are taxes to the U.S. Wow. Your tax uh, rate ends up being whatever the APR is on your loan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and like with you know all this uh, Fed uh, free money for the wealthy and the banks and stuff, that the savings are passed on to you, the billionaires, <laughs> when you take out a loan from Bank of America because they're getting their you know point twenty five percent interest uh, money from the Fed. Uh, so yeah, it, in an era of very low interest rates, if you're just borrowing money against your assets, like yeah, you're just getting a massive liquid stream for very little in terms of the actual interest rate you're paying because you're not paying any taxes on it. Yep. The vast majority of these loans don't appear in the tax records that uh, ProPublica obtained as they're generally not disclosed to the IRS. Mm -hmm. um, but occasionally the loans are disclosed in securities filings. Um, for example, in 2014, Larry Ellison uh, had a credit line secured by about $10 billion in shares. And in 2020, uh, Elon Musk used 92 million shares as collateral, which is worth about 57.7 billion as of uh, May 2021. Do you know? Do you know what Larry Ellison used that 10 billion dollar credit line for? Mm. Giant slide. A week's worth of prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's actually this famous quote from Paul Getty, which is, uh, "If you owe the bank a hundred dollars, that's yeah. your problem." If uh, you owe the bank a hundred million. That's the bank's problem. You could extend that to if you owe the bank fifty billion. That's the world's problem. Is <laughs> <laughs> this like looking at this number for Elon Musk? Uh, Fifty-seven point seven billion. Uh, that's how much he's borrowed against his stock. Yeah, or at least that's how much stock was used as collateral. I, I guess. I guess they couldn't get the actual number that he sure. borrowed. Yeah. Um, you can use other things besides stock, but right. it, it often constitutes a large percentage of the collateral for these loans. Right. And what's what's so like concerning about this is everyone knows that there's a massive bubble in the stock market right now. Right. Um, no, Tesla's like pro appropriately valued. That's worth more than every other car company in America yeah. combined. Yeah, the company that's selling like eight cars a year. Yeah. Uh, Half of which are involved in fatal collisions. Yeah. And uh, um, what these loans are usually generally called, they're called margin loans. And if you look up like stats on them right now, we hit like a new all-time high right. for the, the level of margin debt um, on using stock as collateral. And so, you know, as, as soon as like the bottom falls out on the stock market, which it has to eventually... I mean, maybe it won't. Maybe they'll, I mean, the, maybe they'll prop it up because if the banks are so kind of uh, nakedly exposed, uh, securing these massive 50, 10 to $50 billion loans on, on overpriced stocks, um, 
as soon as as soon as the the bottom falls out, the the banks are going to be in deep shit, and they're gonna they're gonna need another uh, bailout, and you know Joe Biden or whoever is going to give that to them. And it seems to be why the politicians were coached to respond the way they did, because this is a glaring, you know, the Titanic has hit the iceberg and the politicians are like, well, there's still free calamari. Like, it's like, (laughs) and whoever did this, we're going to find who's responsible. You know, like it is clearly a massive fucking scandal that is, you know, ultimately as it stands in this moment, being ignored. It's well, well, yeah, it's like the Titanic hits the iceberg, and so they respond by shooting the guy at the wheel. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Well, that's what you notice if you follow like MSNBC, CNN, or just like the blue check media Twitter discourse. Is like stories like this, they appear, but you're only allowed to talk about them as if you were a goldfish. Right, right. Like they happen, and then, well, that that never happened. They're like, yeah, we can talk about this for two days and then you will never hear about it again. And that's what's going to happen with this is, you know, maybe they'll if they find the whistleblower, I'm sure they'll throw the book at him. Maybe they'll even come after the ProPublica reporters and try to get them to name their source. But it's like there's so clearly no energy or appetite to change this tax code in Washington. So it's like, well, we have to just ignore this. We have to just put it on the back burner. It can't be talked about. There are no tax fraud in Ba Sing Se. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the day that this article came out, the New York Times had um, a little article covering it on the front of their website. And then that was it. Yeah. Right. They, they moved on to... Uh, I, I don't know, uh, Biden taking a shit in Belgium or something. <gasps> really? Yeah. Antipublica published the same article, but they were like outraged at how high Elon Musk's 3% real tax rate was. <laughs> yeah. So some counter arguments to um, the, basically the indictment of billionaires here are that uh, these taxes are paid in other ways, such as corporate taxes, uh, which are mostly shouldered by the owners. Um, of course, as we already mentioned, uh, the owners of those companies are very good at good old-fashioned tax dodging. Um, the companies that do pay significant corporate taxes are Berkshire Hathaway and Walmart. Hmm. So they can't dodge as much because it's probably a little harder for them to offshore their taxes or their their earnings. There are also uh, billionaires who do receive high incomes. Uh, the the um, In 2018, they note that nine of the 25 wealthiest Americans reported more than 500 million in income and three of the 25 uh, reported more than 1 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in this case, the, the main strategy is just good old fashioned tax avoidance. You have deductions such as charitable donations or losses to lower or even zero out their tax bills. So people who own sports teams, um, they're able to use that to kind of uh, as a tax write-off and the result is that the owners are often paying lower tax rates than their millionaire players. Hmm. Um, Wow, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, and owning commercial buildings, um, even ones that steadily rise in value, can be used to throw off paper losses that offsets income. And so the primary example of this is Michael Bloomberg. Um, As I mentioned earlier, he receives high incomes as his company's profits uh, go directly to him in yeah, but per foot of height, he actually doesn't make that much money. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't he make way more? No, I mean, it's... Less feet? Yeah, I guess... It, it, wow, Sean. Sean, 
Um, We'd have put a foot in your fucking ass. Well, for like a 5'10 guy, he doesn't make that much okay. money. <laughs> okay, so in other episodes, we had to teach Sean about how the earth is round <sighs> and seasons work. Now we're teaching him what a denominator is. Why don't you finish your fucking notes, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get through the, 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 the research that you have to contribute? You know, Sean, you had a gay nerd riff that did last 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with the situation we're in so, now. Sean, are you just looking around the room and saying this is gay nerd? <laughs> Yogi, these microphones are gay nerds. The day, the 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 months they were doing fractions in elementary school, Sean was just in the back shining. Gay nerd shit. Can't wait till we're like back in person doing these episodes. We're gonna bring such hot riffs. <laughs> uh, so Michael Bloomberg, as I said, he in 2018, Bloomberg recorded an income of 1.9 billion dollars. Uh, he was able to write off much of this using deductions from the Trump tax cuts. Wow. And uh, charitable donations of about $968.3 million, uh, which along with credits for having paid foreign taxes, uh, he, I don't know, I guess he was paying them in Bermuda or wherever he, mm -hmm. he spends half his time. It was uh, China where he was pimping out his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, for horse lessons. He, he ended up paying... Uh, it's a real thing that happened. I didn't make that up. Yeah, no, it's um, it's in Wired. Yeah, some interviewer is like, yeah, I hook her up with uh, Chinese elites. Yeah, he said he he told people he he was in this meeting and he said, yeah, she's real busty, and then he turned to the Wired reporter and said, that's off the record. And to the Wired reporter's credit, uh, he still published it. Uh, he is now dead. Yeah, he only ended up paying seventy point seven million on that, which came out to a true tax rate of three point seven percent. Um. Between 2014 and 2018, Bloomberg paid a true tax rate of 1.3%, as I said earlier, probably twice. Oh, uh, little guy, that's almost <laughs> an adult's tax rate. And Disgusting. A, a statement released by a spokesman for Bloomberg, he noted that as a candidate, Bloomberg advocated for a variety of tax hikes on the wealthy, mm. presumably as a candidate for, for president, sure. uh, because that's what you had to do in 2020. Um, and Mike Bloomberg... Uh, pays the quote mike bloomberg pays the maximum tax rate on all federal state and local and international income as prescribed by law and that that last part i was really confused by that because i'm like the maximum hmm. so like the maximum is the minimum I don't understand that. I think it means that after they finished all the loopholes and deductions and every other scheme that they could to get out of paying taxes, he paid the the maximum amount um, that he basically the, he paid the amount that was asked of him, which for his bracket is the maximum amount. Let's see, it's still um, weird. Yeah, they also uh, the statement also cited Bloomberg's philanthropic giving, stating that taken together what Mike gives to charity and pays in taxes amounts to approximately 75% of his annual income. <laughs> Load of horseshit. 75 uh, cents. Yeah. Um, and finally, he said, uh, the spokesperson said, the release of a private citizen's tax returns mm. should raise real privacy concerns, regardless of political affiliation or views on tax policy. In the United States, no private citizen should fear the illegal release of their taxes. We intend to use all legal means at our disposal to determine which individual or government entity leaked these and ensure that they are held responsible. So basically in his like explanation of paying pretty much nothing in taxes, he's like, yeah, I, I mean, I paid enough, and I'm going to kill whoever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, 
snitched. So the last part was in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now we get to uh, death, the final equalizer. Um, the final trick that people have to uh, that these billionaires have to pull off is uh, getting this money to their kids. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen actually knows quite a bit about this. Um, he oh, has, yeah. To, yeah, he died and he came back. So he stuck. Yeah, I this. did this. I yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, there's a strategy in estate planning called buy, borrow, die. Mm. And the dying part is obvious, but buying the rest is you buy assets which appreciate and then you borrow against them. And then, but when you die though, and your heirs receive your estate, um, they're, they could get taxed through the estate tax which is like the government's last chance to claw back any um, capital gains that might still be there. But what actually... And the estate tax is 40%. It's one of the highest in the, in the it, tax code. It's Yeah, it's up to 40% of for the, for the top earners. But actually a lot of that doesn't count because they have this rule where um, the, the cost, like once, if there was an unrealized gain on the cap, on the capital from the person who who just died and gave it to their heirs um it, from the from the heirs perspective they didn't earn any of that gain mm. so they made this really complicated legal argument in the 20s that says um they don't the gain goes away with the person who died so the heir doesn't have any of the gain and right. thus has no capital gains tax. Oh, interesting. So like um, they could just sell it right then and get the cash value of their marketable securities that they just sold and then use it to buy more and then, then they'll have a gain. Right, right. But actually they could just do what their, their mom or dad or whoever just did for them mm-hmm. and set up a, a charitable trust that that bequeaths all these assets to to whoever their kids are in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, remember so, they do charitable giving because they're giving back and they love the community. And we owe them so much. So, like as as an example, um, let's say that there's someone who's got, uh, let's go low, twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. and it, in stocks. Um, this is just like to simplify it to sort of illustrate the scheme. Um, they take out a loan. Um, with the stocks as collateral for $20 million, let's say right before they die. They die. The family gets the stocks. The family then can sell those stocks. And now they, they've got $40 million in asset, or $40 million in the cash and the stocks. Mm-hmm. The family then sells the stocks to pay off the loans. They can write off paying off those loans <laughs> to sidestep the taxes. Yeah. And then they've still got the that 20 million and they can sell the assets that were bequeathed to them through the estate um without paying the capital gains tax to do that Mm. to sell off to to pay off the debt that they were essentially using as their income the principal balance it's so great when you go through the tax code and you're like wow this seems like it was written by rich people (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting that distinct impression right now uh, there's also the article didn't go into detail because I don't think they could get details. I think the details are only known by the people who manage money for the ultra wealthy. But, um, uh, there are also like kind of moving, they, they're, they're also kind of murky, um, money shufflings between philanthropic foundations, um, 
which provide large charitable tax deductions during the lifetimes. And then by through that, they can bypass parts of the estate tax when they die. Um, and uh, out of the 25 richest people in America, um, a quarter of them are heirs. Uh, three are Waltons. Uh, two are signs of the uh, Mars candy fortune. And one is the son of Estee Lauder. Mm. Um, Nailed it. Uh, gracias. So one one proposed way to to address this during the Obama years, which uh, uh, maybe some mo- some of our listeners remember, was uh, the bu- what was Obama called the Buffett Rule. Mm. And in 2011, Obama proposed this Buffett Rule to increase capital gains taxes, um, as well as increase taxes for those uh, making over a million per year. And of course, it didn't pass anyway. Uh, but it wouldn't have addressed the problem in the first place. And in, in his, like, uh, when he was kind of deflecting to ProPublica, right. uh, Buffett cited this. He was like, you know, I tried to push for raising these taxes, but he didn't acknowledge that the quote-unquote Buffett rule would have done nothing for his yeah. scheme yeah. to get around taxes. Still doesn't affect him. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Ron Wyden, to his credit, the senator from Oregon, has proposed taxing unrealized capital gains, uh, which would serve as an actual wealth tax, Though, according to the article, wealth taxes aren't that widespread. There's some in Spain and I think uh, Switzerland. And apparently there used to be one in France, but it was recently abandoned as, quote, unworkable. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to be more complicated than income tax. Yeah. Because there are so many different ways in which assets are can, hidden. Can, uh, yeah, are hidden and can appreciate. And then other ones that are used as... Loss harvestings can be deducted against yeah. the gainers and stuff. Yeah. So that's just inherently more complicated. And the types of people, the wealth managers who would be who would be needed by the government to look after this, have like clients who are trying to avoid it. Sure. It's also very funny how the article used the passive voice so they wouldn't have to say Macron did it. <laughs> uh, so. The article says, this is where they get very lib and they kind of like hit a wall where they, they don't, they're everything that they know about government, just the perspective that they're supposed to have as upstanding journalists uh, who are not biased and who love the system uh, runs up against the fact that if you, if the system works the way that it was designed to, you can't address this at all. Sure. Um, and so they say, quote, what it would take for a fundamental overhaul of the U.S. tax system is not clear. Uh, Have you seen those scenes of revolutionary France? <laughs> that might be a start. I, I, I think people have addressed this. Um, there was this family in Russia. What was their name? <laughs> the, um, started with an R. Uh, the, the article ends on a Buffett quote where... Uh, Jimmy know, Buffett? Jimmy Buffett, where he likes showing his hand, he says, you know, there is a, a class war in America, my class won. Uh, and, and now I'm just wasting away in Margaritaville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a regular guy. I go get burgers. The article ends on such like a downer, like we don't know how to fix this. Right. Um, and it, it, it's true. They don't know how to fix this. But you do, dear listener. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Second Amendment. <laughs> and writing your congressman. Let me tell you about a fellow named Pol Pot. Let me tell cut you down the tall trees. Let me tell you about setting up an LLC, which you say you are using for farming, and then you order a large amount of fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Anders Brevik strategy. 
Anders Brevik here. I think and- Anders Brevik here. <laughs> oh, Sean does it and you laugh? <laughs> I didn't get it when you said it first. Yeah, that's fair. No, I mean, uh, I don't think it's an Anders Brevik strategy. I think it's uh, a mixed strategy. Hmm. McVeigh, um, uh, all the mix in the IRA, Sean, McCarthy. <laughs> Brevik was just like he set up because he was a loner as far as we know and he just set up like a farm somewhere out in Norway and just like tended to this farm and then he used it to over time order a bunch of fertilizer to make a bomb. Oh, I, I didn't know he had a bomb. I thought he just shot people. He had a bomb. It didn't kill many people, but Aww. he set off a bomb uh, near the parliament and then he drove out to the labor <sighs> summer camp and murdered a bunch of children. Hmm. Only, only, uh, yeah, you went to like the poor, those like sock dim kids, mm-hmm. like, like summer retreat. Yeah. And you get shot by Anders Brevik and with your dark period last breath, you go, what are you a gay nerd or something? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, this has been grub stakers <laughs> solutions for this tax problem. Um, have, have you tried violent revolution? Yeah, I, I guess Have we you had, tried... Uh, I'm, the, I'm the little, like, the... Clippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clippy. Okay, first thing, you're going to want to unplug your tax system and then plug it back in. <laughs> and uh, I guess I guess we have to say, like, everything here is parody or else they'll cut off our Patreon or something. Yeah. For inciting violence. Are we on Patreon right now? No, this no, is no, pod. but they'll... If you say it in one place... Uh, it comes some, back to you. Yeah. In in mine, in Minecraft. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Unlike paying a 1% effective tax rate, uh, death threats are not legal. <laughs> you know, as much as uh, probing violence is fun, it does seem to be pretty obvious that, so regardless of the actual evidence that uh, ProPublica has put out now, we have all suspected there have been various loopholes, including the taxes to the offshore accounts, which also involve taxes. But in terms of any actual justice in this particular realm the leakers will get justice yogi don't worry about that i i like that this episode is entirely onshore this is onshore schemes Mm -hmm. right yeah we did an offshore episode this is our onshore taxes episode yeah i mean the what what they'll find is you know it'll be like uh anthrax uh, they'll be like oh we found the leaker he Uh, he uh tragically killed himself by shooting himself in the back of the head it's that guy that had pornography at bill gates's home he was the irs (laughs) leaker as well yeah i don't think we talked about that on the air but you were saying before that one of bill gates's help got arrested for child pornography and i just want to say uh fall guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was not his when you see Bill Gates and staff had child pornography, that means Bill Gates had child pornography. Yeah, ProPublica um, parody. If uh, if you you're in, still in contact with your fella, uh, look into that guy's family's income. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. year before and the year after he was arrested. Yeah, look at his commissary account. See if it's well funded. <laughs> A Seattle man employed as an engineer at Bill and Melinda Gates' home is now accused of amassing a six thousand image child pornography collection. Mm-hmm. But what's weird is this is from twenty fourteen, but then it's coming back up now after the v- divorce, which is like. It was so weird. They found it on this laptop that only Bill Gates could log into. <laughs> I mean... I don't it, know how he put it there. Like, you know, you can talk about conspiracies all you want, but if someone that works for me in my home is doing something, I'm pretty sure I'm involved. Can Can you believe this sicko 
had child pornography on his computer with Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein high-fiving in the background. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, so you're literally the second or third richest person on Earth. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you didn't vet your staff at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure if you were going to face a child pornography charge, you wouldn't have, like, somebody you could dump it on and be like, hey, will you do fed time for me and I will give you $10 million or I'll kill you. Well, the problem was that employee was using Linux. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was the real problem here. We had a problem with the drops because of Linux, and uh, this guy f got fucked up because of Linux. We had so. a problem with the drops because I uh, brought a Raspberry Pi jerry-rigged into the off-brand screen. Nobody asked you to do this. <laughs> no, nobody did. I didn't do it for the... I did it because I'm trying to figure out how to make my own laptop. Well, listen, I... I do this for you. <laughs> We don't do me. this to entertain you people. You know, you know, Andy, I could have rigged a fucking recording device that was like three phones and some coconuts, but we use microphones and recorders that work you, for a reason at our job. Hey, you said like when we come back, we can do dual, we can do dueling drops. I'll bring my laptop. Oh, yeah. I'll That's hook true. it in. Where's your laptop? My it's, laptop's right here. It would have, it would have worked. It, oh, it's, it, I don't have the open? cord. I don't have one of the cords. That is that the oh. true issue is I don't have oh, and the cord. Couldn't go in. The, the, <sighs> that's going into my bullshit laptop. Couldn't go into your it laptop. It could have gone into mine. You're right, Andy. That was, this is our promise to the listeners, and now that we're back to in-person episodes, we will bring four drop keyboards right. for an yes. episode. And Chaos will reign totally soon. totally unlistenable. <laughs> it's going to be another, like, tax policy episode like this one where we go in thinking it's going to be boring, and then it's just the most homophobic <laughs> app we've ever dropped. Well, it depends on the month. Yeah. I got to bring back the actual keyboard. Mm. I love it's that like, thing. It, I, it I really nice. do want you to bring that it back. It's a nice touch. It's like they might be giants when they do, like, an old tape show. We'll bring it back. <laughs> For the COVID survivors. All right. I think that's that's all this fucking road. Uh, and with that, this has been Grubstakers. We're back in person. I really appreciate y'all being down here. Sean, you want to interrupt it? No, nah, I was just going to say, like, in terms of how this all ends, I mean, uh, we talked about Mitch McConnell at the top. Uh, I got an article from The Hill. Uh, you know, Mitch is on the case. Uh, he gave a Senate speech uh, demanding the Department of Justice and FBI investigate the disclosure of confidential tax information and bring uh, criminal charges against those who are responsible. He says, quote, actual consequences as a matter of justice and as a practical deterrent, McConnell said in a Senate floor speech, quote, the federal government owes taxpayers nothing less. And as a taxpayer, this is absolutely what I want them to do <laughs> more than anything else. Like when I think of what the federal government owes me, it's not to make sure that, you know, Bill Gates pays a 20 percent rate or something even close to reasonable. It's to punish the person who informed me that Elon Musk pays 3 percent. And, uh, you know, and also the uh, apparently the IRS commissioner has said that uh, an investigation is currently underway by the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. So the IRS is currently searching for this leaker. And, you know, I would imagine the DOJ and FBI are as well. Right. We will see if uh, if anybody gets caught for this. But we did also mention, you know. Not impossible. They try to uh, squeeze the ProPublica journalists to get them to give up their source. You know, I, I, I got to theory is that uh if any of these billionaires are involved in uh the defense industry mm -hmm. they're gonna try to pull like some kind of espionage act bullshit on them <laughs> and like oh, all, sure. all of these all of these they're billionaires all, yeah. are in are like they've got if they're if they don't directly deal with the defense department they own part of someone who does well that's something i mentioned before we recorded was that like it's interesting that they chose the top 25 billionaires because i obviously you know many other people on that thousand fourth hundred whatever the list number is mm -hmm. are doing these things and obviously they want to take out 
the head, but it, you, like you just mentioned, all of these people are directly linked with defense funding from uh, Amazon and Microsoft dueling with cloud uh, to get the government contracts to Musk's uh, missile rockets to, um, you know, Walmart just selling guns in general. I don't know how they're all connected, but the point is, is that all of them are subsidized by government. And so this is a direct like, hey, government, you know, how you're giving these fucks money. Well, they're not giving you back that <laughs> money they're giving you. Welfare and, queens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By, by the way, Maria, Maria Cantwell, uh, senator from Washington state, proposed that uh, Jeff Bezos get or that Blue Origin, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos uh, rocket company, get a consolation second place contract for what? uh f because he he didn't because elon musk got the um land on the moon contract right, right. he got they uh -huh. got like the moon lander thing um and somewhere cantwell said that well uh, it, basically she said jeff worked really hard for this too <laughs> and basically just wants to give him like a loser's a reward, yeah. Ten billion. Yeah, yeah, fucking, consolation yeah. prize. Yeah. Participation so, trophy. Yeah. Possibly more than I haven't done the math, but that could be more than he's ever paid in taxes in his life. Usually usually that you know, there's there's usually something for like the runner up. Right, right. But not not like this though. So you think it's it would be something like what, the fifty million or seventy million he paid or whatever? Huh? Is that the number Bezos ten billion. paid? Oh, 10. 10 billion is what he's he's getting it yeah. Well, yeah, can't well. Yeah, it's just not it would not what be a at fucking this Broken so system. I, I, I think you can probably guess who's paying for Maria Cantwell's reelection. <laughs> that's like that's not even a fifth of what he paid out in the divorce, Andy. Right? So that's true. I think the feds owe him something. Um, but no, I mean, like what I just wanted to say, like to kind of close out my particular thoughts on this. I saw Glenn Greenwald on Twitter. He he made the point that ProPublica, as of right now. They have apparently 15 years worth of tax information. We don't know how many taxpayers, but at least on the uh, top 25, they have about 15 years worth of this this federal tax information, uh, which is like very heavily guarded by the law. Mm -hmm. uh, but as of right now, they are not sharing it with other journalists. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how this situation is going to develop, but that might be something smart that they could do is, you know, bring in New York Times, The Guardian to kind of pick over. Yeah, bring in Grubstakers <laughs> to kind of pick this thing over because like... They said they made it into a workable database. Yeah. It took but, them months because they just worked from raw data. Right. But it is like the Snowden leaks, <laughs> you know, like Snowden comes out and he reveals that it's like, yeah, the, gay. the, the, the federal government has been massively violating. No, the he's just a nerd. Oh. The federal government has massively violated the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution with just warrantless wiretapping all over the place. And that comes out and it's a bit of a scandal. And then it just never stops. Like yeah. there's still mm -hmm. massive warrantless wiretapping all over the United States. It never stopped. And the only thing that's changed is that they've spent the entire time since then trying to prosecute Edward Snowden. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're at the same situation where it comes out because, you know, it is illegal to leak this federal tax data, but it comes out because of that. I think the public has very much a right to know that the literal richest man on earth paid zero percent taxes in 2007 uh but that comes out and then nothing changes except they're going to try to throw the book at the leaker so uh you know if you're out there uh we're wishing you the best and uh, if you want to come on you know none of us will call you a gay nerd we think mm. this is the i can't promise that yeah, we can't promise that <laughs> and for those uh looking to do it again tails the operating system, you put it on a USB, you plug it into a computer, no trace of you using it. Uh, signal, make sure you always use open source uh, security software. 
because that stuff's vetted. The private shit um, usually gets. That's Bro, the, you the leak dog. <laughs> that's that's how the FBI gets you. Is they're mm. like, what is that? Some gay nerd shit. <laughs> Tor? What kind of gay nerd uses Tor, man? Linux. You gotta use, use Tor. Use um, Amazon Web Services, man. <laughs> That's what the jocks are doing. And uh, one thing that Snowden did that I thought was interesting is uh, when he was uh, sending stuff to journalists, he would make his computer into a Tor server <laughs> because all the incoming and outgoing traffic completely obscured what he was actually doing mm. on that server. You think when, like, the first time Carl Icahn's accountant explained... Like all this tax avoidance we've just went over to you. Uh, do you think Carl Icahn was like, wow, you know, I thought that was going to be some gay nerd shit, but that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> and with that, this has been Grubstakers, I think. Uh, I'm Andy Palmer. I'm Yogi Polywell. I'm Steve Jeffries. I'm Sean P. McCarthy. And you know, uh, as we mentioned, these episodes back in person now, at least until the Delta variant takes <laughs> over the United States. Yeah. But we did about a year and a half, just under a year and a half of these remotes. And uh, honestly, much better to be back in person, see my friends, uh, see you, the listener. And we're going to get a, a regular recording date again for the in-persons. And uh, well, we're excited. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting us on Patreon. And uh, we're excited to bring you some good episodes in the near future. And, uh, you know. And uh, a lot of uh, the other episodes. Mm -hmm. But all in all, we appreciate you sticking with us during the pandemic. It certainly was a tumultuous time for literally everyone. And uh, mm -hmm. to be able to do the show, I think maintained some of my sanity. Um, and uh, for those that stayed, we really appreciate it. I uh, want to make a small footnote. I drove across the country for a month. That's why I was gone. And I placed Grubstaker stickers all around the country. And uh, so far, I've decided that uh, the first 20 people to find them will get a shirt because this will make it so that I fucking figure out shirts for the show. And uh, one person did find it. It was at a uh, rest stop in Iowa, and they tweeted at us, and uh, that person's getting a shirt. So nice. um, find the Grubstaker stickers around the country. Uh, it's a fun game that I created just right now. Yeah, find them so that we can find someone who makes shirts. That's right. We can write off the shirts as a depreciation loss <laughs> on our taxes, right? We're here to learn. I just want to say thank you to all the Patreons at the $5 and the $1 tier. Thanks for sending us more money than Jeff Bezos paid in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys, and girls, and everybody. Bye. Yeah, so you can uh, watch lions beat each other. Domestic altercations. Hey, cut what? that one. Yeah. <laughs> what? Chris, we know we crossed several lines, but that's the one we want to cut. Yeah. <laughs>